welcome to AdLib, the York Theatre Royal podcast. I'm Henry. And I'm Jessie. And in this week's episode, we're interviewing Charlie Clive from Britney Comedy. Um, so we're actually sat in a pub in King's Cross at the moment, having done the interview, which was a lot of fun. Thank you, Charlie, for having us um, in your lovely flat. Um, thank you for the tea and coffee. Um, Just yeah, teas, two teas. That's how we roll. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah, we hope you enjoy it. It's a really fun chat about how Britney Comedy came to be and all the sort of exciting projects that has been launched because of it. It's the longest episode that we've ever done, probably by far. Oh, yeah. But um, we had so much fun. Uh, their story is incredible and um, it's really exciting. Yeah, um, so we hope you enjoy and um, we'll talk to you at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> joined by Charlie Clive uh, from Britney Comedy. Hi Charlie, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, we're, yeah good. we're good. We're sat in uh, Charlie's flat, which is very cool. Thank you for saying that. Lo- yeah. Lovely rug. Yeah. Oh, really <laughs> nice I really rug. appreciate you saying that. <laughs> it is a great rug. We would have Ellen with us, but sadly she's ill and also performing. Yes. So, get well soon, Ellen. Yeah, get well soon, Ellen. Yeah, she was vomiting a lot. Yeah. Oh. And is now and now has a two show day. So what a champion. Yeah, we what just an absolute champ. Waved her off in an Uber. Hopefully she gets there. God, I hope she gets there. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good point. Imagine if she just doesn't get there. She just now lives in that Uber forever. <laughs> Be very expensive. Yes, true. He well, thank God I didn't get it in the end. At least she's got the carrier bag in case. Yeah. In case, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's she'll be all right. She'll be all right. She'll be fine. Hopefully. Two show day with a with a virus is hell yeah. mm. but best case scenario she gives it to the rest of the cast and then the show's cancelled yeah. well Charlie was saying that um, you've seen it six times is it I've seen it four times I've got two more to go oh so yeah so Charlie was saying that you could um, just I can do step, step in. in I genuinely could step in I know the blocking I'm not that confident on the lines but I really think that if, if they're willing to have a bit of an ad-libbed third <laughs> act then I'm game I'm absolutely game and in fact I would fit the costume. I get. I know the cast now. Mm. Yeah. Is it a spoiler as to why you'd need to wear a wig? Does Ellen wear a wig in the show? No, but the length of her hair is commented on. Oh. Uh, okay. And I wouldn't want to take away Mike Bartlett's brilliant words. No. So I would just cut my hair for, <laughs> all, for the day. <laughs> I think I'd have to. Look absolutely professional. It'll grow back. It'll just be a mistake. Well, not mistake. A decision. That yeah. Impact the next five years of your life. Fine, I'm happy to. Oh, well, this is the thing. If you're in the theatre, you've got to be in the theatre, baby. Yeah. You've got to be able to cut your hair at a moment's notice for a two-show day. Have you your ever best had to do that? Doing. Never. No. I would love to cut my hair for something. No one's ever asked me to, and I always go, "Do you? Do you? I need something yeah. for my hair." And they're always like, "Nah, that's it. No, it's lovely." Such a shame. If imagine if I did go on for Ellen and I got nominated for Olivia <laughs> for my one day. Oh my gosh! Can you, you have imagine? to do it. Yeah. Lifetime achievement. Do you think you'd still be friends? No. no. I don't think we'll be friends anyway, to be honest. That's a good It's out. not a real friendship. <laughs> nah, it is. Just kidding. Um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about your yourself? So, where did you come from? Where did you go? <laughs> where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe, sort of thing. Yeah, so, right. Um, I'm from a, a village, sort of in between Reading and Oxford. Um, and... Uh, that's where I grew up, and then I went to secondary school, pretty cool, cool. where I met Ellen Robertson, 
who's sick, as we've said. <laughs> and uh, we became best friends very quickly. Was that in like year seven? Actually, no. Oh. Good question, but no. In year seven, I was sort of a tragic shell of a woman. And Ellen was quite cool and like yeah. new boys and um, had like nice hair. And I, I was that year seven who's constantly had wrinkly tights. Oh yeah, around the knee, mm. just absolutely swimming in tights. What colour were they? Um, skin coloured. Oh, you oh, betcha. Oh, nice. Too dark mm. as well. So I was always the girl with like weirdly tanned, wrinkly legs, <laughs> and Ellen quite rightly could do better. But then I guess in like year nine, no, year eight, when we were fourteen, I got kind of cool. You know, I got a little chic, <laughs> and we became buds. And it was like a very fast friendship. It was like. We actually, this is good for a podcast, this one in particular. I wrote a play uh, called The War Behind Doors, very good play, um, about a divorce. <laughs> Not based on anything, my parents are still together, but I thought, who knows about divorce? Me. <laughs> and so I wrote this play, uh, and I, I, went, I, I went into my drama teacher's office and I was like, there's no middle school play this year. And she's like, there's never a middle school play. And I was like, well, I think something's going to change. And she was like, <laughs> get out of my office <laughs> so I wrote a play and we put it on in a couple of lunch times and at the school open day pretty cool yeah. and I remember hearing that and being like this is like playing the Super Bowl yeah. this is Beyonce at the Super Bowl you've made it uh, this is it. yeah there's going to be maybe four or five people that wander in and wander out <laughs> the school open day this is the big leagues baby get me an agent and Ellen I cast in the play in something of a starring role and uh, we became just absolute best friends and I realised quite quickly on that she's actually a much much better writer than I am so amazing that she even did the play um, but well if it was the only middle school play available mm -hmm. well exactly and she, you've got to you've got to stretch the muscle I suppose so she she did it and um, she was always doing really cool like musical theatre stuff in Oxford and um, god I wish she was here because she would go on about it and it would be so annoying <laughs> and you'd have to edit all of it out yeah. she'd go on for so long about how she played Harvard in um Fiddle on the Roof. She's oh, obsessed. I played Harvard and Did Fiddle you? on the Roof. Thank God she's not <gasps> oh here. Oh my gosh, Did can you? I have yeah. her number? Uh, yeah, you can, because then she can talk to you about it and not me and everyone. Did she make it a comedy role? Because I made it a comedy role. Did I you? didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it. I didn't go. Not because I was yeah. jealous, but I just didn't go. I can't remember why Definitely I didn't go. Definitely not because you were. No, I'm not because <laughs> I'm jealous. Uh, actually, I think I didn't go because maybe we weren't friends at the time. I can't remember. Maybe it was before... Our time together. I mean, you, you have to be a really good performer to do that role. So. In the, well, you do. And in the local newspaper, or, or the Oxford Times, whatever, so actually, like, pretty cool, yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty big, they described her as having, like, poise, Ooh. natural poise and charisma or something stupid like that. And Ellen, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on her spotlight. She talks about it constantly. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's... So we did lots of theatre together. We were always doing school plays and that. And... Uh, then Ellen went to Cambridge, probably heard of it, <laughs> and uh, became a very funny footlight uh, performer and artist, I don't know, bit of a jokester I suppose, and I went off to America to go to drama school, much more noble, and um, did that. And then we... What was the question? The question, <laughs> do you know what? It was the worst question ever. It was no, it wasn't. It was a really, <laughs> that's a really important yeah. question. I've got to remind myself. Um, yeah, and then and 
Yes, I'm an actor, a writer, comedian, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, yeah, and now I do Britney comedy with Ellen, which is great, amazing, actually completely amazing. The only reason I do anything else career-wise is as a result of Britney being the launch pad for both Ellen and myself to do the things that we have wanted to do separately and together. Ellen, as we said earlier, is doing this play at the Kiln Theatre right now, Snowflake, yeah. written by Mike Bartlett, who's obviously like the greatest playwright that we probably have in England right now. Bit of a bold claim. And I would say it to any playwright in the room, to be honest, if they'd give me a job. So. Well, and that's true. And I'm about to be on. <laughs> actually, I've, when's my full time? I've got to get to the theatre. We'll have but to release this episode now. Genuinely, <laughs> get it out. Get it out. But um, they might sell out. If they knew that I was taking yeah. the role, there would be a line around the block. It would be like <laughs> genuinely. It would be like, um, what's that fucking stupid store that everyone lines up in front of? Supreme. Oh, do oh. they? Oh my god, have you not with, seen with it? It's the worst thing in the world. Like, yeah. Purse, like, fanny pack things. And the yeah. shirts that just say Supreme. And mm. apparently the staff in there are supposed to be rude to you. The whole thing is that they're, like, not helpful. Don't put this in the podcast, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get sponsored by Supreme. Um, yeah, I feel, like so- I feel like I met someone whose son worked there and he was like yeah he has to be rude like the point is that it's like very elite and cool and you, so you're just kind of like oh we don't have that size oh. but maybe that's not well, exactly what if you have it. the size i don't know <laughs> what if you desperately want to be helpful <laughs> what if every bone in your body say get the right size for that customer they've been in line for three hours but you have to go it's gotta be good at we your don't have your size it would be quite fun to work there I yeah, think it yeah. sort of sounds heavenly. As someone that's worked in retail, that would be quite fun. Genuinely, yeah. yeah. Just to be like, mm, nah. And have the people in the store be like, oh, they're so rude, I love it. <laughs> yeah, weird, eh? Weird. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, Britney comedy is Ellen and myself. And, um, well, really, it's just Britney. Britney comedy is like our Twitter and our, well, I guess what our website is. Yeah. But we are Britney. Named after my brain tumour, which inevitably we will, of course, get to. Yeah. And um, Ellen's doing this play, Snowflake, which is fantastic. We both have had... in Last year, Ellen filmed some stuff for uh, like TV and film, and I did as well, so that's nice. And we're just sort of sort of doing it now. We're, we're um, doing the damn thing, and we're writing together plays and television. I just spat. <laughs> I no say that so that, but just so that you guys knew that I knew, because there's nothing worse, is there? If you, when, anyway, I spat. I'm a human, okay, guys. I'm a human. Um, I don't know. That's it. That's me. So I, uh, so we're kind of in this room right now because of me. Um, not right. <laughs> so, just to tell my side that of the story. Thanks for asking me who I am. Um, yeah, so I basically did the same thing as you when I was like, I wasn't in middle school though, I was in sixth form. And I was like, there's no sixth form play. Why is there not a sixth form play? And um, uh, they were like, well, you can do one yourself. And they were like, you're never going to do that. So, I'd actually been to the fringe that year, and me and my friends had gone to see Ellen's show. Um, the women what was it called oh my god um uh female personality of the year so we'd seen that show we were like that was the funniest thing we've ever seen so we got in contact with the writer and we were like um can we do it and they were like yeah sure here's the script whatever so, amazing. so we put it on 
and then we sent them the so this was something like 2014 we sent them a disc with the performance on it I'm pretty sure how amazing um, and then uh, the next year we emailed I emailed to say we're coming back to the fringe um, are you doing a show again and they were like no we're not doing a show but Ellen who I actually played Dolly so I played Ellen's character did you yeah Oh, that's um, two now you've I know, I'm, I'm just... Wow, next, oh my God. Why don't I go on it? <laughs> I was about to say, you should do it. In fact, if, if Ellen dies from this virus she's got, you can join can Britney Condit. Yeah, 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 please. Um, so, yeah, so we went to... They were like, we're not doing a show, but Ellen and her friend Charlie are doing a show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess we'll check it out. And then, um, and then I went to go see Britney, and it was just amazing. It Thanks, man. It was the man. best show we saw that year, and I've been, like, following you around for... And then we you. had you at Takeover 2018. That's right. Which was yeah. Fun. Which was really that lovely. was fun. That was a great. Well, that was such a good time. Oh, we loved that show. We were in that Methodist church. Yeah. yeah. That was really great. You guys did such a good job with that festival. Oh my god. It was. Yeah. It was. Um. It was quite fringy actually. Oh yeah. my god. It was fringy. Yeah. Do you want to know something so funny? Because you, we, who the hell did I stay with? This wonderful family, <laughs> at, like, let me stay in their lovely guest room, and um, in the. We, Ellen and I, celebrating our success in this Methodist church, uh, when and a few, of, very sweetly, a few of our friends who live in Leeds, uh, like all got together, like five of them who we hadn't seen in years, and came to see the show to surprise us, which was lovely. But you know when actually your friends are in the front row and you're like, oh no, this is hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were all there, and so we all went out for a drink, and Ellen and I were sort of celebrating. I, you know really went for it um, with the revelry and then went to sleep in this very nice like guest room in this lovely stranger's house who I hadn't met who'd left keys out for me and that very nice um, and incredibly generous and woke up because Ellen rang me being like mate our train's in 20 minutes where are you and I was like oh no mm-hmm. so I ran out and they were in the kitchen they're like hi Charlie nice to meet you do you want some breakfast I'm like I have to leave and I feel really bad because um, they must have thought it was just insane. I didn't even make my bed. That's the thing. I, I was on the train. Oh I was like, no. I didn't make my bed. This is so rude. I think I sent them a card. God, I bloody hope I did. Saying, like, you guys were so kind and I'm sorry I didn't make the bed. But um, I made it to the train. Oh, that's How? Good. That's incredible. Uh, I got in a... I, I think I got in an Uber. Could I have done that? Yeah. Yeah. And it was really cheap. Very impressive. <laughs> Yeah, really wow. impressive. Actually, it was very close to the station, thankfully. I think it was about a five-minute drive. So I got there uh, with time to get a coffee. Oh. So, actually, win, yeah. totally win-win. <laughs> Thank God Ellen <laughs> called me, though. But I had to do that classic thing of being like, yeah, I'm going to be there in a sec, because I didn't want to panic her. Yeah. So I, she was like, oh, she's fine. But obviously, when I got there, yeah. she was like, you weren't awake, were you? And I was like, God, no. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, hell, actually. But no, that was such a fun te- uh, festival. Absolutely loved it. I will never forget it because you bullied me as an audience member. Oh my god, we did. We scarred you for life. Yeah. You'll never see another (laughs) live performance. No. You can't, you mustn't. No, it changed me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, let's talk about the show Britney. Yeah, Which obviously started, like you said, started your career. Totally. Um, So, the show Britney is Mm. about the story of Britney. So, (laughs) could you tell us that story, please? Happily. Happily, so um, do a whack in Phoenix and be like, I've been asked this question so many times. Yeah, should I? Should I just not? I said this six months ago. Um, or I could do a Lady Gaga and say, What's that funny thing? There can be a hundred per- people in the room, and it, you only need one person to like make you happy or some sort of shit. I don't know. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, sorry. Right, what are we talking about? Yes, the show. So, Britney is the true story of um, Ellen and I, in 2016, sort of had our lives upended because I was diagnosed with a brain tumour, which we found out was benign, thank God, which means not cancerous, for those that don't know, which is obviously um, huge news and... uh, the majority of brain tumours are cancerous. I think I'm right in saying that. And in young people, it's actually like just a devastating killer. It's very hard to... It's often you aren't symptomatic, so it can yeah. be really difficult to get diagnosed and etc. etc. I am incredibly lucky that mine was benign. We didn't know that for a while, though. So you just, lay, you just sort of live with the assumption that it is cancer, which is... Um, uh, you know, I guess you just it, you hear tumor and that's yeah. immediately what you think. Anyway, got diagnosed with this tumor in 2016, um, in just after my birthday. So I had just turned 23, and I was living in New York at the time, and um, came home for Christmas, and I hadn't had a period in like a year, and I didn't want to go to the doctors in New York because it's expensive, and I thought I was pregnant for a bit and then wasn't pregnant thank god but was and my mum's uh, catholic which is funny because oh, no. i called her and i was like oh god mum there's a world in which i'm pregnant and she was like have you been having unprotected sex she's american by the way <laughs> i'm not just showing off um and i was like no i actually haven't that made it sound like i <laughs> I, I, I really hadn't me and my boyfriend at the time had been having protected sex what a weird story to tell <laughs> What are you doing? And then, um, anyway, she was like, just go to the hospital, take a um, blood test. That's hand sanitizer. <laughs> oh, God. This is hell, <laughs> isn't it? This is hell. You'll never, this will never end. Um, anyway, so she, I, she was like, go to the hospital um, and you'll get a pregnancy test and you'll be fine, but you're not pregnant and blah, blah, blah. And I went to the hospital and the woman was like, how many months pregnant do you think you are? And I was like, five. And she's like, okay. <laughs> she was like, right. And I was like, so... Surely you didn't look five months pregnant. No, either. not remotely. And um, actually, if anything, I looked underweight because because we, we didn't know I'd had this bloody tumour growing in me. But it's um, my, my tumour is was on my pituitary gland, sort of like really crushed the pituitary gland, really tore that to shreds which is the hormone centre of your brain, which controls so much of your body, including in like, like your mood, which means your appetite, which means various other things, your energy levels, which sort of also has a lot to do with appetite. I, I'm not a doctor, but I certainly lost my appetite massively over the, um, for a while, and I put it down to being a bit stressed out, which I actually wasn't, because another thing with the tumour is that it sort of numbed me out weirdly, because hormones have, you know, your serotonin is created there, and you're sort of like... I think a lot of your emotional capacity is sort of dictated uh, in part by your hormones, particularly for women because of our, like, because of your period and shit. Um, and you do just, like, you know, it does make you sometimes go a bit mad. And if you don't have any of that, you just sort of, I just sort of mellowed out, but in a, in a bad way, I think. Anyway, thought I was pregnant, wasn't pregnant. This nurse was like, you think you're five months pregnant, you're psychotic. <laughs> but I, I did take a pregnancy test and it cost. $125, I think? For a pregnancy test. To, and the reason I went in was because 
I'd never taken one before and I was terrified that it would be wrong either way and I, w I didn't know when I'd last had a period and they say you're supposed to take it like 11 days after you're late or something like that and I was like I have no way to measure this I really don't know what to do my mum said go to the hospital so obviously that's what I'll do so me and my a sweet lovely but then boyfriend David were in this hospital thinking I was five months <laughs> pregnant what an idiot and uh, thank god it was just a brain tumor I suppose um, rather than a little baby can you imagine <laughs> and Brittany's the, the name of my child <laughs> the name of my my son um, and we anyway so then I came home put all of that out of my mind completely months later I came home and I was like, I'll just go to the good old NHS. I'll just get my local GP, who's known me since I was a baby, to give me a blood test and uh, see what's going on with the old period. And he did that and then was like, you've got this hormone called prolactin, which is in you, which sort of shouldn't be. It's menopausal. So that's oh. too soon. So we'll put you on this medication. What it sometimes is, is you just get like a buildup of plaque, like, like on your teeth, I suppose. But you get a build-up of like this sort of plaque-like right. substance on your pituitary gland, which just happens sometimes. And this medication just like makes it go away, and then you'll be right as rain. But to confirm that, you have to have an MRI. And I was like, well, that's annoying, because I need to go back to New York. And I was a nanny at the time. So I was like, oh, you know, I literally have children to look after. Right. And uh, so this is really inconvenient. And he was like, I know, but just get an MRI and stop complaining. So... I did get this MRI and the next day got a phone call and I was at my grandmother's house and she's got no reception at her house. Classic story. Go to grandma's house, no reception. And I came home and everyone was being weird and Ellen was at my house uh, because it's when it's Christmas and I would come home from yeah. New York, she would just always stay at mine and or I'd go to hers and we would just spend as much time together as we could. So she was at my house even though I wasn't and she was just like chilling out with my parents and I came back and they all looked really like grief stricken and I think I said something like I mean that classic cliche I think I came in and said who died and they were like you have you have to go to the hospital tomorrow we're going to take you back in the hospital you're the, the consultants just called and said that they found a growth in your brain on the in the MRI and uh, we they don't know exactly what it is but it's big and it, you're going to have to have brain surgery. And they didn't use the word tumour then because I remember being like, fuck, that's awful. But my first thought was like, when am I going to have an operation? Like, I've got to go back to work. And I want to go back to New York. My whole life is there. I worked so, so, so hard so that I could have a life there. I'm not, I don't want this. This is so shit. And I was... But, but because the word tumour hadn't been used yet, I was still sort of thinking like, well, it's probably, you know, not that bad. And because my image of the brain, I feel like it's such a, it's so compact and I know how big my head is, so I can assume how big my brain is to an extent. So how big can this thing really be? And I don't have headaches, I don't feel bad. So anyway. Went to the hospital and they were like, that's when they started calling it a brain tumour. And they were saying it like I'd heard it. And the, sorry, the reason they called my parents is because they couldn't get through to me. But because I'm over 18, they have to call you. Yeah. But they needed me to come in the next day. So they had to call my parents and be like, we absolutely have to have her in. 
So, um, yeah, and then we went to the hospital and then I saw it on the scan and it was, I, I pointed to this little thing. It's all in the show, madly. I pointed to this little black dot and I was like, is that it? Like, that looks scary. And the guy was like, God, no, oh my God, it's this big grey thing here. And I was like, what? I thought that was a lobe. And he was like, God, no, 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 no. it's a brain tumour and it's a big one. And he was not excited about it. That's not fair. In the play, we make him really excited about it. But he was like, you know, this is one of the biggest I've seen for a while. And in your rate, it's very rare. Um, you know, we expect this sort of a tumour when you're older. And actually, it, it tends to happen for men more and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fantastic. And then he was... Talking, 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 and I just couldn't hear anything anymore. And I was like, oh, going, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, oh, great, yeah. I was being very stoic, but really not listening. And then I went out into the parking lot, and I, my, my legs gave way. I've never felt anything like it in my life. My, I just totally lost the ability to stand. And uh, Ellen, I guess, somewhere in that, um, I don't, I don't remember if she was with us for that consultation. Or I called her that day, but. My next memory is being with Ellen and crying a lot, as you can imagine. And being like, okay, I'm going to die, I guess. That's it then. You don't live from these things. And I also remember thinking, obviously I'm not going to die. I have loads of shit that I want to do with my life. And actually, like, I'm too young. And I'm too hot, frankly. <laughs> so I... um yeah, so then, um, I put, this is going to sound really mad, I put on a sumo suit. My dad got given a sumo suit. I know, isn't that insane? I, I the felt, same day? Same day, uh, day after, day after, I think, we, we had a big sleep, and then, um, and then we put on this sumo suit. I remembered it was in the attic, and I said to my mum, like, can we get that sumo suit down? And at that, when your daughter's got a brain tumor, you can ask for anything. I could have been like, I think we should go on a killing spree. And my mum would have been like, yeah, absolutely, I'll go get a gun. Like, it's all, uh, awful to say that. But it is, um, you can just sort of do anything. Weird, it, it is sort of like having a superpower. Every door is unlocked to you when you're sick. It's weird. Um, but so... Put on this sumo suit, one of those big inflatable yeah. ones. I'll find a picture for you guys actually later. It's you'll you'll get a laugh out of it. But um, I just remember I needed desperately to laugh, and I really wanted to make my dad laugh, and uh, I really wanted to just do something a bit different. Put on this sumo suit. We took pictures, like we did a photo shoot, man. It was crazy by a tree in my garden, and we were all laughing, and it was fun, and it was everything was sort of all right, and I also remembered I, I needed to tell everyone I've got a brain tumour at some point, so I'll post a funny picture on Facebook, because Facebook was all the rage back then, do you remember those days? And, um, and I'll put like a funny thing about having a brain tumour, because that's obvious something people will laugh at. And um, I think somewhere in that process, Ellen just decided she's moving in. And I don't really remember her moving in or a conversation happening, but from the day I got diagnosed to... The day I got out of surgery, Ellen was just never not there. She lived with me. She was in my spare room or she was in my room or she was like helping me go to the toilet or she was, you know, in the waiting room because she couldn't come into consultation. So she was always in the waiting yeah. room. Um, and we would joke that Ellen was like our personal barista because she knew how to use the coffee machine so better than anyone in the hospital, better than people that make that machine, <laughs> I think. And she would knew my parents' coffee's orders and thank God because she was um, such a huge morale booster. And she was making note of all of the funny shit that we would laugh about and uh, basically said to me one day, like, I actually think we could do a show about this. We've always said we wanted to go to Edinburgh. 
and uh, we've always said we'll do we'll take a show, so let's do it. And uh, I said no, absolutely not. What sort? Do you remember what time of the year she said that? So I got diagnosed in um, February. Operated on in March. I think in between that time, she was like, weirdly, the year before, in like December or something, we'd been talking about like, should we do an Edinburgh show? We'd love to do an Edinburgh show. We'd never done one before. We always wanted to write and perform together. And we used to do skits and stuff when we were both in secondary school and we used to write together all the time. And so it's something we should do. But I was living in America, so I was like, it's just, Mm. it's huge for me to do that. It's such a big, um, money-wise, it just seems totally unfeasible. And also... Um, I don't think I really understood Edinburgh properly anyway. I'd been once before when I was like a teenager just to view stuff and loved it, but I didn't really get it. And I didn't, I kind of thought it was either for comedians or like universities, Mm. but I didn't really understand why anyone else would go. And actually, sketch to me was something I'd really only seen on television properly because it's, I I saw lots of improv and stand-up in New York, but sketch isn't really big there. So it wasn't like I could, I just just wasn't really um, aware of it in the way that, Ellen was by doing Footlights. But I loved sketch, always, my entire life, I've always wanted to be do sketches. And um, so Ellen was like, let's just do it, let's go to Edinburgh. And uh, th- in December I said, no, it's not gonna work because I'm in New York. And then in February I said, no, I don't wanna go on stage and talk about my brain tumor, I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> Imagine, cutting out. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we, I said, no, absolutely not. And then I went to go see a play at the National with Ellen's then girlfriend, a lovely and fantastic actress, Emma Barclay, is her stage name. And she's fantastic and um, a very good friend still. And she had, she'd had brain surgery, bizarrely, not for the same thing, but so she just got it. And we, she took me to see this play, very kindly. And, um, and I said to her like, do you think this is a funny idea? Do you think the idea of a small Welsh town being like, do you think the idea of actually the tumour being a small Welsh town is funny? Because I've had this idea for a play where the first act is this small Welsh town and they're being evicted from their town and the whole town is being demolished and it's tragic and you know, everything's gonna go. And the second act is a girl with a brain tumour and you realise that the town is the brain tumour. And she was like, that's really funny, you should write that, that's such a good idea. And I was like, maybe we could put on a play and raise money or, I, I don't know, it was basically one of those things where you're like, I don't know if you've ever had that thing where, you, where I, you're just thinking of fanciful ideas of things that you will do because you're just, you have to make plans. Mm. So I was like, this is something that we'll do, we'll put on a play. And Emma was like, yeah, we'll put on a play. And Ellen, when we told Ellen, was like, of course we'll put on a play. And Emma and I took the train home and I think I just sort of wanted to talk about it. I wanted to be funny about it. I wanted to make Emma laugh about it particularly because she had been very kind and was telling me all of, like, you know, she she just understood what it's like to know that someone's going to be going inside your brain, I think. And, um... And I think that's when I was like, maybe we will do a show. And Ellen was b- being hilarious constantly to keep me. Um, we we said this at, earlier uh, in a in a another chat I was having about my brain tumor actually. 
funnily enough, they come up a lot. Um, Ellen was like the like activities coordinator at Brain Tumor Camp. She would have the snack I wanted, the TV show I wanted, we'd go to the park. We, Ellen decided that we needed to go to the park every day to work out because I would be in bed for a long time and so I should, you know, while I... While I'm not in recovery, I should be using my body a lot and release endorphins and get out of the house, basically. She had every other reason why we should go, but I think, basically, she was like, I've got to get my friend out of the house. I've got to get her out of her childhood bedroom where she's sort of rotting. And um, thank God she did. So we would go to this child, this playground, genuinely outside my old school in the village I live in, my parents live in. And um, we'd run around this obstacle course and time each other. And that was us working out, was doing an obstacle course. And actually, we did get some good times. Um, and it was, and just funny shit like that was happening. And we realised that we did have a lot of material. And after my surgery, I think Ellen broached the subject to my dad. And my dad was like, you have to make her do it. You have to make Charlie go to Edinburgh. Because, like it's too good of a story not to tell and you know it will give her something to do and I think everyone was really worried that my confidence had taken a huge knock which it had and that this would be a good thing to do and it was but it's sort of mad what a weird way to say that sentence but it's sort of mad because I, I guess I sort of recovered from the surgery a month or two after it which was on the 3rd of March and then we did Edinburgh that August so we wrote isn't that insane but it was that whole thing of we had to do it we had to make plans we had to have something to look forward to we had to have deadlines we had to have reasons to like have a routine and thank god we did it and thank god for Ellen I mean no there will never be anything like it like there's just nothing I can ever repay I didn't even get her that Uber to the (laughs) theatre imagine you did try you definitely to be fair I did put up a and I wouldn't I would have gone oh the app's not working so she can't do it but um, no she gave me like in a way I genuinely think she sort of gave me the gift of life because I don't know what my life would look like now if we didn't do Britney and uh, for both of us it's been a hugely positive thing um, it is the best worst thing that ever happened to me this brain tumour mm. and the show is just the best thing that's ever happened I think to both of us although there's no doubt in my mind that you know Ellen certainly would still be doing the great things she's doing without it but I think I'd still be in New York smoking lots of marijuana and um, <laughs> working for a Broadway promotions company handing out flyers yeah. for um, beautiful the Carol King story musical and shit like that um, and, and just sort of coasting. I really think I probably would have just coasted because I think I decided after drama school I'm probably not going to be an actor, like it's too hard. And every meeting I was going to with agents or managers were telling me I looked too much like other girls, which is true because some people look alike, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean you won't work. And uh, I felt just like it's not going to happen. I'll write, I'll be a writer and I'll be a comedian. Hopefully I'll be a comedian. So I would write these plays and put them on and stuff but um it was all just a bit nothingy I never had the drive that Ellen has and um so she absolutely carried me through Edinburgh and as you can imagine I was incredibly um needy Mm. and anxious all the time and didn't really know anyone and Ellen knew lots of people there because everyone in Cambridge is a comedian I guess and is allowed to just be (laughs) fantastically successful did you do the full month did the full month. Jeez. We had two days off. 
we had a lighting guy, we had a technician uh, called Ross, who was the nicest, most fantastic person, and he brought his mum to see the show. How sweet is that? He saw it every day and he brought his mum to see the show. And um, he was such a sweetheart. Why am I talking about Ross? <laughs> Basically, we lucked out completely. We got, yeah, somehow, um, we got this amazing venue last assembly? minute. Assembly. That's right, yeah. Assembly Studio. Um, mate, amazing, amazing venue. Yeah, it was a good venue, wasn't it? It was perfect for us. It was like 60-seater or something, which is... Yeah. we. And Ellen said before before we went, she was like, okay, I know what you're like. You over-exaggerate things and you get carried away. Do not think that we're going to sell even well. Mm. We won't sell out. Nobody's heard of us and we're doing a comedy about a brain tumour. The average Edinburgh audience is four, I think she told me. Just because there are so many fucking shows that go. And... Uh, she was like, it's, we're going to be flyering every day, it's going to be really hard work, and then we'll be doing the show, and we'll be rewriting as we go, and we're not going to sell well, but we're gonna, it's going to be a great experience, and then maybe we can take it to London, and maybe we can do a few like, uh, like above pub spaces, which we did, and made blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, great, so this is just like a trial thing. But in my head, I was like, we're selling out. I just knew it. Were you I was, really? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it, I was knew it we were. You just knew I knew it, it was, was a fucking good show. Did you? Yeah, there's no way I would have done it if, if I thought it wasn't. Mm. And we, all of the money we made, we gave to charity. And we only were able to go because we crowdfunded it. And as you can imagine, girl with brain tumour gets money quickly. Yeah. Thankfully. But so we put it out. And I mean, the it, responses were completely amazing. People I hadn't seen in years because of Facebook had seen this status that I'd had this brain tumour and that I was taking a show about it to Edinburgh and we got so much money and we, yeah, and, and again, that was all like Ellen's sort of ingenuity and our wonderful producer, Alex Cartledge, who um, is amazing and a total lifesaver and was 12 or something when he produced it, he was like 20. <laughs> Ridiculous. I thought he was 40. You meet Al and you, you stand in front of a 40 year old man with no lust for life, he's the funniest man in the world. He'll be like, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But will not smile. Um, but is the best and most brilliant producer. And we will always use him. And we're actually taking a new show to the Fringe, hopefully this year, if, if our schedules allow. And um, he will, pr of course, produce it, because I don't think I could wipe my ass without making sure that Al thought it was the right thing to do. I'm so codependent on both of them. But... Um, Anyway, every star aligned. Mm. It we were meant. It was meant to be. It sounds so tacky, but we were meant to be. People, word of mouth spread. We had this incredible venue at the last minute because Al hooked it up. We got there, and our director Emily Burns, who is phenomenal, and you should talk to her, guys. She's an insanely talented director, and will, yeah, seriously, right. she's. Um, I actually googled her earlier. Did you? She's yeah. phenomenally talented, and. Um, yeah, you definitely should talk to her. But, um, should talk to Al as well, maybe. But anyway. Um, so, we when we got to Edinburgh, they'd already done our tech for us. Oh. That's crazy. Uh, Emily was like, I know the tech, I've done it. Like, so I've been to the rehearsals, oh, I know how to do it. Was the first show you ever did of it at Edinburgh? The first show we ever did was Edinburgh. We didn't do any previews, wow. we were idiots. The first show, <laughs> genuinely, was so, so stupid. But also couldn't. Like, mm. I, honey, I was in bed. 
And uh, our first show, Sweet Ross, came behind the curtain with em- Ellen and I, like, warming up. And we're, like, so serious about it. And we're doing vocal warm-ups. And th- this is, like, classic, like, news to the fringe. Didn't realise that, like, <laughs> most people are performing on a hangover and, like, extreme anxiety. But I was like, here we go. Um, first show of the fringe. And the sweet, lovely Ross, our, our technician, came behind the curtain. He's like, um, so, guys, uh, no- nobody's here uh, to see the show. But um, let's just treat it like a dress rehearsal. And we'll do the tech, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do the whole thing. Um, don't worry, this is common, it happens. It's the first day of the Fringe. Um, it's going to be great. And we were like, should we just go home, Ross? We're wasting your time. He's like, no, we'll just treat it like a dress rehearsal. <laughs> so sweet. And thankfully, then, seconds later, he came back and he's like, oh, no worries, guys, we've got an audience. And um, we did. We had an audience of four people, three of whom we knew, and one woman who'd bought a ticket. And that one woman, wherever she is in the world... Is um, is like a life changing presence in both our lives. I think because she chose to buy a ticket to see our show that was two people she'd never heard of, a show that no one had ever seen. She saw the very first one, and it was bad. It was bad. Our friends laughed. This woman was confused from start <laughs> to finish, and there's audience participation, as you well yeah, know. Yeah. And so with an audience of three people that you know and one person you don't know, you have to choose the person you don't know, which means it's, it was really a conversation <laughs> with us and that one woman. And um, they were a great audience. She was lovely. Um, they did give us a standing ovation at the end, which is generous when there's only four people. And the room seems cavernous when there's four. Mm. Uh, and you can just see every pore on their skin because you're so close. And, uh, but it was a bad show. I'm very glad it was because we got it out of the way. We wrote, rewrote so much of it after that show. We were like, this doesn't work in front of an audience. This is silly. This is a private joke. La, 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 la. And the issue that we had with it is that people were like coming up to us afterwards going, is this a true story? And we were saying, of course it's a true story. Can you imagine how disgusting it would be if it, we'd just come and pretended all of this? And they were like, yeah, it just, doesn't, it just feels like it's not true. And that's when we sort of realised that we, in that version of the script, we didn't really have any moment where we were like, this is a real thing that happened to us this year and it was so shit and is still so shit. We didn't have any moment of like real sort of pathos with the audience. So we put that in after about week one and, and that's when it started selling out. Word of mouth got round and, and we sold out every performance from about the f- after, the, I suppose, the first week. Then we sold out every performance and it was absolutely remarkable. I mean, it was the be- in many ways, it was like the best month of my entire career I suppose to date not that I've had a particularly long career even remotely but like I've I've had Ellen and I have both had a lot more like successful endeavours since then but that doing that was I don't think there'll ever be a high like it and it was completely mad and so then that was the longest answer in the history of answers I'm so sorry you'll edit I'm sure beautifully but um Basically, yeah, we kept doing it, and now we do comedy all the time. It's our job. We have. We then took another show to the Fringe, which didn't do as well, but is very good, I think. Brittany and John. Brittany and John. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, mate. Really we saw it. it. Yeah. Very kind of you. It needs a lot of work, but um, and it's it, yeah, but it, it, we'll get there. Um, and we're now writing our third show, which is mad. So exciting. We were never going to be called Brittany, but we called the brain tumor Brittany. 
because my brother got me a card that said if Britney Spears can get through 2007 you can get through anything and it really made me laugh and we were thinking you know we should give the brain tumour a name so we don't just say brain tumour and um, Britney is mm. a good name BT brain tumour oh my god also yeah. I've sat looking at a poster of Britney yeah. Spears because we're, that bad? we're yeah. in Charlie's bedroom so <laughs> it's a good one too yeah. she's in her pants holding a Teletubby you can't write <laughs> it I didn't even see the, the Teletubby the 2000s were wild man what is going if on if you're wondering it is Twinkie Winkie Yes, yeah. at, is it? Yeah. It's the purple one, isn't it? Tinky Winkies that... Yeah, Tinky Winkies. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, Tinky yeah. Winkies. <laughs> excuse me, that's Tinky Winkies. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't hold anyone other than Tinky Winkie, I believe. I always, yeah. That is crazy. You could do anything in the early 2000s and no one said a thing. <laughs> She's on a silk bed holding... Pink, pink silk. A pink hot bed. Pink She's also on the phone. A cord phone. Do you see that? Yeah. Because <laughs> she's so busy. How funny. Anyway, so, but people, we were going to be called like Ellen and Charlie or Charlie and Ellen or like funny girls or some bullshit like that. We were thinking like, what's our name going to be? Mm. Our sketch group name. We're a sketch group now. And then people kept being like, oh, it's the Britney girls. It's Britney. Hi, Britney. And so we were like, I guess we'll just be Britney then because it's easy to remember. And uh, it's a good story, mm. frankly. So when people go, how did you name your sketch you? We go... Sit the fuck down because yeah. it's not Sit a short one. We'll actually yeah. do the show for you. Totally, this we go buy time. a ticket, hun, and then you'll find out. Um, but yeah, we and now we gig regularly in London and do like new material, and and now we just do lots of bits. Britney, of course, was a narrative, but we've got lots of sketches that are just ridiculous, really silly, that have nothing to do with anything, and it's just lovely performing them. And um, that's, and then we took it to the, to, we, we did it at the Battersea Arts Centre, we did it at York, Takeover of course, famously, <laughs> and we did it at Soho, we, got, we did a sellout run at the Soho main stage. Was, was that 2018? That was last year. 29. That what was last year, year because it was 2019, it was April 2019. Um, and that was the genuine jewel on the crown for us because we have... Wanted to do. I used to get the train to go see stuff at the Soho when I was a teenager. Not very often at all, but like when I could, because I've always been a huge comedy nerd, and you, that's where you go see comedy in London. That's as, as far as I knew, at least. And so, and Ellen had been living in London, or and like on and off, and also what had been in England for a lot longer than I am. I had at that time and knew. Like, you play the solo, you want to play the solo. We wanted it so badly, and then finally we got asked to do it. And uh, we did it in 2019. And we did it again because my brain tumour grew back, annoyingly. And then I had radiotherapy. Did we, do, did I, did we talk about so that in York? In York, yeah. It was you... the first time you'd done that extra bit, I think. Oh, balls, yeah. yeah. Which no one was expecting. So obviously, the show is, as much as it's hilarious, it's also very emotional. Yeah. And then you and Ellen did, the, I guess, the epilogue, where you said what, you know... Interesting, yeah, that's back. right. And then you just, everyone was just a mess. Absolute floods of tears, um, weren't they? Yeah. God, it's because we're so talented. Funny <laughs> ending to a comedy show. Um, Isn't that mad? Yeah. To have everyone crying. Can you imagine my parents watching that? Oh, God. Imagine my Mexican-American uh, mother watching that. She's just an absolute mess. Oh, they've seen it 3,000 times? <laughs> they've probably been to 60% of our shows, I'd say. Wow. Genuinely, like, I mean, I, I, I'm very lucky. Ellen and I both are. We've got very supportive families, and uh, they have they have seen it many times. But I think for my parents in particular, obviously, because um, they lived it, 
um, it's such a relief to watch the story as it didn't happen, mm. to watch the story through the, you know, through the voice box of like all these mad characters, most of which are fictional, telling a story that, that, that isn't fictional. And um, the great thing about it is that we also look back on it now and it's hard to remember things without the punchline attached to them anymore. Um, obviously, there are some things that we didn't put in the show because they aren't funny. Loads of things, in fact. The majority of it. In fact, none of it was funny. I'll be honest. There was very little humour uh, in the actual diagnosis and surgery and all of that. Um, but Ellen made me laugh constantly. And uh, I think I cracked a couple of jokes. So, when I was on morphine, genuinely, it's funniest I've ever been. Funniest I've ever been. I was on fire. Does I would have had a agree? Netflix special. So again? Does everyone else agree? Don't care. Don't know. <laughs> okay. But in my mind, funniest woman in the world. I remember being like, God, that's a good joke. I should write that down. But then also being like, I'm in space. Like, I was so high. Um, yeah. So that's Britney, the show. And I guess Britney, the sketch duo. It's such a shame Ellen's not here genuinely because I can hear myself talking, number one, too much. And number two, totally on her behalf. And I don't think that's that's fair and she's the better one to talk to about all of this anyway because she did she created the whole show i know i wrote bits of it but uh, in fact most of it how did you actually work did you sort of sit in your bedroom and like just spitball or good question oh my god (laughs) okay weirdly i went back to new york for a bit i guess in june literally for for a month and the reason was, there was literally no reason. It was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever done. I think I was kidding myself. I was like, oh, I'll go back to New York and live my life again for one month. <laughs> even though I know I'm coming back to Edinburgh. What? So here's what I'll do. I'll spend all of my savings to pay rent and get a pet lane ticket. And I can't work. Idiot. I watched the entire series of Game of Thrones in three days. I was a mess. Yeah, it was only to series five then, but still, what? That's insane. What a loser. I went to New York to watch Game of Thrones. I had a TV in England. (laughs) It was a holiday. It's true. It was. It felt like it. And my friends were happy to see me. And and my boyfriend was out there, so that's also why. But I... The weird... I think partly... um, This is pertinent, somehow. I... um, None of my... All of my friends were in America, really, because I'd lived there for five years. My whole adult life was there. But I'd left healthy and then said, guess who's got a brain tumour? Me. And then I'd come back, as far as they knew, healthy. And I think everyone was expecting like me to look like I had a, a lobotomy or something. I think they were expecting like a sort of Frankenstein's monster yeah. with like patches all over my head or something. But um, I looked gorgeous. So they were <laughs> <laughs> frankly stunning. So they were like, oh, she was faking? What's going on? And so it was a really weird time to be there. But also, my I'd never, ever, ever struggled with any mental health things ever nothing no anxiety no depression I really thought like I'm one of the lucky ones and then anxiety hits you like a fucking freight train when you're constantly constantly paranoid you're gonna die in your sleep let me tell you and so I didn't really sleep that much in New York and I didn't I was too scared to get the subway often because I was like someone's gonna hit my head and I'm gonna get a brain tumor again because that's how they work I guess and uh, I just I just sort of went mad and I was calling Ellen almost every day being like I don't know why I'm here what have I done and in that time, I wrote a lot, and Ellen wrote a lot, and we did it remotely, and we would send it to each other. But a lot of the shit that I was writing was incredibly dark, mm. as you might be able to imagine. 
really weird stuff too. Like I look back on it now and I'm like, oh my god, Ellen read that and she's still my friend. Mad. Um, like and Ellen's stuff was was uh, not dark so much as it was so sentimental in a very sincere and very loving way. But it was it was like, I mean, Ellen was writing sort of like love letters to our friendship and I was writing sort of hate mail to my brain. Very, very bizarre combination. So we wrote so much stuff that just didn't make it through because it was such, such, such shit. And then when we got together in July, we had loads of material and basically chucked it all out the window. We had had all these ideas for sketches that we'd come up with while I was sick and we just did all of those. We All of the jokes that we used to riff on we were like, let's just do those. Why are we writing new material when it's all there? But thank God we got all of the crap out of our system in a way, because um, it was cathartic as fuck and therapeutic, I suppose, and um, it made way for all of the funny stuff. But we did most of the right, real writing in the rehearsal room for the month of July. Wow. And our director, Emily Burns, amazingly gave us the advice, which is the still probably the the... In fact, maybe the words that the whole show hangs on, which uh, is, she said, tell the story the way you would want it to be told to you. And that unlocked so much for us because we were like, oh, amazing. We can have loads of fun here. And did. And uh, she helped us with the structure enormously and choreographed the heinous dance routine in it. And... Uh, and that was, was, was huge because otherwise I think Ellen and I would have, it would have been much more like just a traditional sketch show and people mm. would have been like, a lot of brain shimmer jokes. <laughs> um, but the structure itself would have, would have I, would, I don't know that either of our, Ellen or I would have been able to because we were just too close to it. Um, so that's how we wrote it, which is mad. And I, not the advice I'd give to anyone. Don't write your Edinburgh show the month before you go. Very impressive. We, it, it was already there, that's yeah. the thing, but we just didn't have it down. But, uh, yeah, and I actually am a shit writer. I can't do it. I can't sit on my laptop and write. I'm really, really shit for it. Thankfully, Ellen is amazing at it. I also can't spell, even remotely. Like, it's mad. It's, it's really bad. I'm, I'm a bad reader and writer. <laughs> the truth is, I'm, I'm almost illiterate. And Ellen is, thankfully, a total whiz. So she did all of the writing, and I'd just be pacing around, sort of, like, saying words, being like, is this funny? Is this funny? Is this funny? and like drawing shit on a whiteboard. And our old school, our old secondary school where we met, let us use rehearsal space for free during the summer. Oh, great. So it was everything, like I said, everything just aligned for it. It was amazing. And since then, basically I feel like you put on a show like that with your best friend in the whole world, and I do, sli I feel slightly like, you know, things are gonna work out. Mm. I think everything I do from now on, I'm like, how the hell did we do that? If we can do that, we'll be fine. And that's nice, I think. Yeah. Well, it has allowed do. you to do more things. Yeah. So, Channel 4. Channel 4. the star of Pure. That's true. What, what was that like? Like, to go from something, like, a very personal project. Yeah. And did you go to Edinburgh, like, without an agent? Absolutely. How did you? How did it? You know, kickstart like pure and all those other bits of your career. So yeah, it um we we didn't have any representation at all when we went to Edinburgh. We didn't have. We 
we, we, I don't even know if we paid Al. <laughs> Eventually we did. He'll contest that. Eventually we did pay him, although he's convinced that Ellen embezzled money from us. But eventually we did pay Al, but he did it sort of pro bono. Because, um, like I said, girl has brain tumor, people do stuff with. And also Ellen is a very, very persuasive person. And um, Ellen, Al knew Ellen and so knew that she wouldn't take a shit show to the French. And uh, anyway, what? Right, so we didn't have anything. We couldn't even really pay our producer and director. We certainly couldn't pay ourselves. And uh, then we did John the following year again, no representation. And basically, Channel 4 were casting Pure. And they had been in the casting process for a while and they'd seen a lot of people and basically I think they just hadn't found someone that had the comedy element right for them and I think, I don't know if this is right, but I think they wanted someone relatively unknown or completely unknown, that's what I think. But maybe they wanted Olivia Colman and she was busy, I don't know. <laughs> um, she'd been great for it, she'd been amazing. Um, but they, so the producer, Jen Kenwood, said to the comedian Liam Williams, <laughs> I'm casting, I think, she said, like, I'm casting this thing, do you know anyone that'd be good for it? And he said, you should look at these guys, Britney, because they are young and women and you might like them. So she watched our crowdfunding video and uh, we got an email for the Britney comedy email from an amazing casting director called Jane Ripley, who doesn't cast anyone annoyingly really annoyingly because um, she's so brilliant but saying um, do you want to come in addition for the Channel 4 thing and we were like is this a prank because <laughs> we have a mate Rob who's pranked us really well in the past he once convinced Ellen she got into Rada she didn't audition <laughs> isn't that amazing she didn't That's audition amazing. he was like I saw you in a play this is funny actually he called her and said I saw you in a play she had four lines in this play I saw you in did he do a funny voice don't think so oh Ellen just is very confident, I suppose. She's like, oh, that makes sense. He, caught, he was like, I saw you in Our Country's Good. Again, she had four lines in it. She's going to hate those segments. And uh, I thought you were so good. I'd like, to, I'd like to put you in my school. I'm the head of Rada. And she was like, really? <laughs> Obviously not. Uh, so funny. Anyway, so we were like, is this Rob pranking us? Because this is... Not, people don't send emails like this. And... Uh, but it wasn't a prank. And... I did three rounds of two in-person auditions, each time being like, what the fuck is this? <sighs> and then, uh, Ellen, and Ellen and I both auditioned, and actually in, in our, but for different roles. And the role that Ellen actually was auditioning for, it didn't, it wasn't in the show, annoyingly, otherwise that would have been amazing, we'd have both done it. But um, we, but they, uh, it's not, anyway. But for, my, for, for our callback, we were in the room together, which was, as you can imagine, pretty special. Mm. <laughs> and we left, and I got a plane back to New York that day. I'm bad with timing. <laughs> and then we went for breakfast with my parents after the audition, and Ellen said, I think we've got it. And I was like, you're crazy. But guess the fuck what? I knew I got it. Something in me, I was like, I really think I've got that. Don't know why, stupidest thought. And you know when you tell yourself off for a thought? 
Mm. And I was like, what a dumb thought. I mean, actually, Pure is all about telling yourself off the thought, so how apt. But I was like, what a stupid, stupid, stupid thought. And I got to New York. I got off the plane and I had this email from Jane Ripley saying, can you send some tapes? I'm going to send you the sides. We, we want to see some tapes for you, from, from you. So I did tapes for a while and then didn't hear anything for a couple of months. And I was like, well, a that's a couple of months. And I was like, well, that's just the industry. You know, what an amazing opportunity. And I was telling everyone, oh, I auditioned Channel 4, I auditioned Channel 4. How exciting, how exciting, how exciting. And then uh, I got a call and they were like, you've got the part if you'll take it, if you'll come back to England. And filming Pure was amazing. Weirdly enough, I found out that I'd got the recall for Pure the same day I found out that Britney grew back. So that was one hell of a morning, I'll tell you. Ah. And I remember being like, how am I going to fit the audition in? I've got to have, now I've got to have radiotherapy. And my mum was like, you really should focus on the radiotherapy. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, and, then, and then I got Pure, which was amazing. And, and, uh, and the best, the most incredible experience ever. I mean, insane. I can, I've nev I'd never done television. I got my agent well, after I got the role. I mean, it's mad. I got my agent after I got the role. And, uh, and then we filmed that for over 11 weeks. That was the first time I, that's when I lived in London for the first time, really. And was that your first screen experience? I'd, yeah, never been on set before then. Wow. I'd never been on set before then. I was so green to it. Like, people kept talking about sparks. Where are the sparks? Where are the sparks? And I didn't realise that's what people call like the lighting guys. So I was like, where are they? Like, can I help look? Like, <laughs> have we lost them? And people would be like, what are you on about? And I, I thought like, you meant like chemistry. Oh, oh interesting. That's so funny. No, no, no. I thought it was someone else's mistake, not mine. <laughs> I was like, where are the sparks? Like... Did we, are they back in the trailers? Like, where are they? And they were like, what? <laughs> it was confusing. And anyway, yeah, I'd never been on screen before. And uh, thankfully, the majority of the cast had done quite a lot of work. And most, I, a lot of my scenes were with Joe Cole, who has done loads of stuff and is brilliant and a real veteran of the screen, I guess I can say. And he was enormously helpful. I did my first scene with him and he was, he was just like, I just remember being terrified to meet Joe Cox. I was like, he's terrifying on Peaky Blinders. If he's anything like that in real life, I don't want to know him. And then he was really nice and gave like some good advice and was chill, thank God. And uh, it was an amazing experience. And uh, I loved doing the show, and I think it turned out really well. And um, and that happened because of Britney. Because if we hadn't had that crowdfunding video online, they never would have been like, oh, okay, interesting, she could work. Which is so crazy. Was it just you talking in the crowdfunding video? It's just Ellen and I sitting on her, in her hallway, being like, give us money because we want to go to Edinburgh. And then her brother walks past and I like tap on his leg. <laughs> what? Imagine. And they were like, let's put her on TV. I mean, really they were desperate. It was real bottom of the barrel stuff. But that was great. And since then, like, oh, and then we, we did Britney again at the Battersea Art Centre and that's when my agents came. Basically, when, they, when my agents signed me, I think the idea was always that they would then get Ellen or they would want Ellen. But they hadn't seen her in anything, and you can't just be like, hey, let's assume. 
So they came to see Britney and then basically the next day sent her an email being like, let's come in and talk about representation. And she came back that week and was like, we have the same agent. And I was like, thank God. I mean, talk about dreams coming true. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's the sort of stuff that we talked about when we were 14. Mm. And then 10 years later. Uh, and, and yeah, and since then we've been, we, I moved in with her at long last. We literally have adjacent rooms, for those of you that aren't in my bedroom. Um, and we do each other, we self-tape together, we go, we like prep for auditions together, we write together. Actually, I think I can say this, Brittany, the stage show, is, we're now adapting it for television. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. Was, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we obviously did a bit of stalking and we were, <laughs> yeah, you've kind of got like, ooh, secret project on your website. So yeah. you said about the TV project, so is that the TV project? That is the TV project. We are, um... And, oh, is it, oh my gosh, <laughs> I should let you talk. No, so I've been doing too much. We of were it. saying you should have your own like French and Saunders kind of deal. Is it Britney sketch show or is it sketch show? Good question. Yeah. Right now, well, it's just in development right now. We're developing it with Drama Republic, who made Pure, okay. wow. which is great, and we love them so much. And they actually, Rowanna Ben, who is our executive producer, started in theatre. She was a theatre producer, so she. Um, is basically the dream, and Mike Bartler is also on board. To he's he's uh, exec, I guess as well. I don't really know. What, yeah, I think so. That's cool. Wow. Oh, and Mike is like our biggest hero. You have no idea. He's our biggest hero. I wrote him a letter once. I hope he doesn't remember. And we went to go see earthquakes in London with our school, and he he did a talk, either in our school or in a school nearby, and. I remember being like, that is a, that's Mike Bartlett, the real human who writes plays. This is insane. I'm obsessed with him. And now Ellen is starring in his play for the second time because she originated the role in Oxford mm. last year. And now he is, he's working on Britney with us for television. And we don't know, you know, it's the kind of, it might never happen. It will. But it, uh, it's, the sort of, it's very early days. But and how did that happen? He saw it in a village hall. He lives, happens to live in the same village that my parents live in. My parents have lived there. Did you there. know that? No, I didn't at the time, I don't think. My, my parents have lived there my entire life. My parents have lived there for years and years and years and years. And he moved in, I, I want to say, like three or four years ago. I mean, you can't write it. He could write it because he's a man, <laughs> a fantastic writer. Um, and then he, he went to the same school as one of... Our drama teacher used to teach him. Anyway, there's a connection. He knows Mr. Taylor, who's our, who was one of our drama teachers. He taught Miss Taylor taught him. It, it doesn't matter. Miss Taylor said, you live in this village, come and see these girls I taught. Um, it, they're, they're doing a great show. I saw it in Edinburgh. You should see it in uh, this village hall. So Mike, I think, and Claire Lizzie Moore, his amazing director wife, um, who directed Snowflake, by the way, so they were an amazing team. Yeah. Uh, they they came to see it, and Mike said to us afterwards, "You guys should be on TV. You guys should have your own TV show." And we said, "Can we put on our poster?" And he was like, "Yes," and uh, we did. And then um, that was cool. So we like had that introduction. Then we sent an email. We were like, "Can we have a scene on this?" We sent an email, being like, "Thank you so much for coming, and thank you for like letting us use this quote on our poster. We love you. You're amazing." Was this in twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen. Yeah. yeah. And then a lot of Mike's shows, I, I think a lot, uh, certainly Dr. Foster and his new one, Life, which is coming out, 
um, are made by Drama Republic. So when he found out I'd got Pure and he knew me and he knew Drama Republic, he was like, hey, he met with Ellen and I and he was like, I want you guys to turn the stage show into a TV show and I want you to make it mad and I want it to be everything that I like about it and you're the only people that can write it and I think this might be a good production company. I trust them, you should trust them. They're making Pure, so there's an in. And I think almost every time Rowanna would come on set, I would say to her, like, please read Britney, come and see Britney, la la la. And she did. And then they... Yeah, and so now we're developing it with them. Hopefully it will become a TV show, and that's just phenomenally exciting. So Ellen and I are working on that, which is amazing. And uh, we, 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 wrote a, we wrote a play not to star in, but to just give to um, a young company of teenage actors. <laughs> that sounds right? Yeah. yeah. And that was last year. And so, and Ellen, has, Ellen is writing lots of plays. I'm writing a film. And we're both working a lot now. It's mad. It's I, f I feel like I'm bragging, but in a way I think I am because I'm allowed to, man. I had a brain tumour and because of it we've got That's why Ellen's not here because she can't brag. No, exactly, she, she can't. Brain she brags all the time. She goes, guess what my best friend had. <laughs> no, she, um, as I said, Ellen didn't need a brain tumour to make her realise what she, what she wanted or was supposed to do, I don't think, whereas I really did. No, I didn't need it, but like it made me go, "Holy shit, man!" If your if your best friend is as talented as Ellen Robertson and she's saying we should take a show to the fringe, you just say yes, and thank God that we did it. But um, yeah, can't believe it, man. It's mad. It's yeah. amazing. You're gonna have to like keep adding bits on about like so if you do the play again you now have to add the bit that we're now doing a TV show like you better believe we'll do the play again too because um, we're such little attention seekers <laughs> and as you can imagine there's no money in live comedy no so um, thank God I suppose and how much has it changed is it every time you do a new sort of version of it it's a new version or it's the same thing I think it's probably changed three times okay. It changed in Edinburgh. It changed in Edinburgh when we put in all the stuff about how this is real and sad. It then changed again for Bat for the Battersea Art Centre and for York, and when we were doing um, it again with the radiotherapy stuff. And then it changed for Soho where we just sort of streamlined it a bit more and gave ourselves more time to be less on book. I think the Soho version of the show was the most freeform it's yeah. ever been and I think the best it's ever been as a result of that because um, we can have so much fun with it but hopefully not in a smug way, mm. in more like a we are so comfortable with this material and actually we were two we were, we were, when we did it in... 2018 it was 2019 fuck three years after the fact so that separation made our performances just so much um less i think desperate in a way there wasn't i don't think the audience felt like we needed it as much as we wanted it now which um i think actually is hu a huge difference but it, it has changed a lot uh 
we did the Volts Festival and we changed it then. We always try to make it quite current, as current as we can yeah. in our intro. Our intro tends yeah. to be the thing that changes the most. And then occasionally we'll replace sketches or put things back in or take things out. And I think we have to, otherwise it's, it's, if, if we're not finding it funny, it's very difficult to yeah. believe anyone else will. Mm. You're doing Volts this year, aren't you? We are doing two work-in-progress shows at the Vaults. Oh, so not Britney. So not Britney for our, it's going to be our new show. Oh, cool. But it's the thing is, is that because we are Britney, but the show is called Britney. Yeah. I don't know what to do about that, man. It's not People... a very searchable name on Google either, is it? <laughs> We've really done a silly thing there. But <laughs> I always forget as well. I'm like, Brit, no, wrong one. Yeah, same. I look at pics of Britney Spears and I'm like, when was I holding a phone? Yeah. We are doing the vaults. We're very excited to be doing the vaults. Absolutely loved, loved, loved the vaults first time round. So very excited to be doing it this time. And particularly now that we're slightly, hopefully, more seasoned performers, comedy-wise at least. Um, so we'll take ourselves a bit less seriously um, and we'll be able to properly have fun with it. I think if you told me three years ago that we'd be taking a work-in-progress show, I would have been like, I'll never do that. I hate the idea of that. No, I only want to show people the perfect finished work. But I don't think in comedy that is a, that ever really exists. I think every show, to an extent, is a bit of a work-in-progress because you can just change stuff so freely, mm. I, I think, a bit. Or at least Ellen and I certainly have done. Um, yeah. Can't wait to do vaults, and we're doing. We'll be gigging a lot as well, just independently of any hour-long shows. Just doing like mixed bill nights and stuff, um, which is really fun. I think that uh, the majority of sort of paid work we do is writing and acting. No, is writing definitely writing. Although acting, you know, those jobs are absolutely are really lovely, but um, as you can imagine, just less. Uh, it doesn't feel like a like a salaried job, whereas yeah. writing you can expect a paycheck. Um, but I think performing live, I think I can say for Ellen and I both is is probably if you had to say like you can only do one of of all the things that you say that you do, which is the one that gun to head you would do forever, and I think that would be it. Mm. For live performing, that's my answer. Ellen might be writing because she's. She's a very good writer. Mm. And serious playwriter. Yeah. That's funny, isn't it? We only yeah. write funny stuff together. Yeah. But she independently writes serious. And your film Drama. that you're writing, is that funny? God, I hope so. <laughs> Christ. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Dunno. Probably it's mm. tragic. I bet you I'll look at I'll look at it and it'll just say I don't even know. What's it say in the signing? All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I bet I haven't really been writing at all. That's my fear of it, because sometimes people go, what's it about? And I go, I don't know. Anyway. But Ellen is... Ellen's prolific. Ellen writes um, incredible plays. I cannot wait for them to be on at the National. God, it's going to be so embarrassing if she doesn't let me in the... I was going to say... To star in the rather than in the audience. Deal breaker. Can you imagine? She's like, get her out. (laughs) Get her out. (laughs) This is the thing. I hope that when, in ten years' time, when I'm sort of re-about, when someone is saying, like, what the fuck's going on with you then in your brain or something, I'll be like, oh, well, how crazy is this? Ten years ago, I had a brain tumour and my best friend dragged me to Edinburgh 
so that we could do a play about it. And now, ten years later, I've just won an Olivier Award for being You're gonna have in her an play. Amazing it's on at the speech. National. Oh my god, can you imagine? I'm only gonna thank Ellen. I mean, yeah, you'll be so obnoxious. I mean, you'll just have to do the show. Drag Ellen out and be like, see, this is really important because. Do you know what I think I should do? When I win my Olivier Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role in Ellen Robertson's new State of the Nation play, on at the Olivier and the National, that'd be good to win an Olivier for being on at the Olivier. Mm. I'll mention that in my speech. But I'll I'll then say, I wanna thank my best friend. And I'll say all these great things about her and I won't say her name. <laughs> and I'll say a different name. I'll go, I'd like to thank my best friend. Helen. She's amazing. <laughs> Helen. <laughs> Helen. <laughs> Helen Robertson. Robertson. <laughs> Helen Rogerson. Rogerson. Thank you, you could, so uh, much. Dig out the original Britney script. Yeah. And do a reading. A whole reading. <laughs> and if someone tries to get near me, yeah. I'll screech at them. The really depressing stuff you were writing. Totally. Oh, it's, it's so dark, man. It's dark. It's also like a fever dream. It's a girl who is self-medicating and writing about a brain tumour. It's not cute. However, one day, people, my evil children will publish it posthumously to make a fortune. (laughs) After the book deal, all those kind of things. After the book deal. After their own book deal about how (laughs) tyrannical I was as a mother. Forcing them to perform on stage and calling them all Britney. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah. Ellen will if I have if I'm if they if I am unlucky enough to have children, Ellen will raise them. She'll have to. She will have to, and they will be the von Trapps. You have to have seven then. Christ, I'm not doing it. I quit. She <laughs> can have can children that she can raise, but I would like to name. I mean, you'd have to do a middle name or something. Of Brittany. Can Can you get in touch with Brittany? Because honey, have you honey, tried? honey. Listen, it's actually, weirdly, I've gotten in, but I'll never get there. Oh. The but thing this is, is such is a that wholesome story. We'll send, she probably listens to this podcast. She definitely, if, if you think that Britney Spears <laughs> doesn't listen to your podcast, you're crazier than I thought. I have a feeling, I don't know that she's a podcast gal, to be honest. She's too busy. She's always working out and posting on Instagram. And I don't mean that as a diss, because I love Britney Spears. And that's absolutely the truth. I am genuinely a huge Britney fan, and always, always have and will be. I adore the woman. She changed pop music forever. And Crossroads was an incredible movie. (laughs) I don't care what anyone says. It's genuinely, I think she's good in it. I think she's good in it. I think she's good in it. But Britney Spears... um, we would love, 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 love to get in touch with her because I'm a bit worried she'll sue us for libel. I was, I was wondering that. Or whatever. We used the music. We used yeah. the music and her name. And but other people are called Britney. You know, I know Britney but Spears the show. True, true. I just feel like, you know, the whole Kylie Minogue and Kylie Jenner thing? <gasps> that was weird. Kylie Jenner was like, my company's called Kylie, it's makeup. And Kylie Minogue was like, guess what, honey? My name's Kylie. And there's only room in this town for one of us. I don't think she won the lawsuit. I don't really know. No. But Kylie was like, no, I'm Kylie. You can't be Kylie. So you can't call that thing Kylie. But they are both called Kylie. So now I'm like, maybe Britney will be like, you can't be Britney and use my music. It's not like you've got cross... Like, the two separate streams. She's not trying to do a play about a brain tumour as Can well. you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> She's like, next project. That would break my heart. But I'd also buy the very first ticket when it came on sale. Because... I mean, have to. You could get in touch to say, can you do a special like 
like appearance Cameo and then she, she could come series. out and then she this is what this is my dream this I'm is my dream you. if anyone out there knows Britney Spears <laughs> our dream Ellen Robertson who is sick by the way today she's ill and I had a brain tumour <laughs> our dream our sweet little dream is for Britney Spears to do a cameo in either our TV shows or just come to my birthday party but I don't think she's I don't imagine she'll take it as a compliment if she can do a Welsh accent, she can play one of the Welsh villagers. I think she should play herself. I think if you've got Britney Spears, no one's going to not think it's... So no one's going to go, good good Welsh accent from Britney. They're going to go, that, that's pop star legend, Britney Spears. As long as she doesn't get the Olivier instead of you. Can you yeah. imagine if she gets... An, I'll give it to her. Yeah. I'll dedicate my Olivier to Britney Maybe Spears. Maybe Mike Bartlett lived in the same village as her. I have once. an in. Honestly, I've got the most insane way I could potentially get in touch with her, which I won't say yeah. how. Is it one I'll tell you separation? what I'm not recording. It's... Two degrees, two but degrees. that's not bad. That's not bad. And, but I, if I was Britney Spears, pop star sensation, and hun, she's had a tumultuous life, let's be real, yeah. and a very annoying English girl with a shitty little voice like mine, <laughs> and Ellen's got a shittier voice, by the way, <laughs> rang me up and said, Britney Spears, big fan of your work, poster in my room, had a brain tumor named it after you. We're doing a TV show with your name and your music. Is that cool? Will you be in it? We can't pay you. <laughs> I really think she'd be like, I think she might take umbrage with the fact that I named my brain tumor after her because of a novelty card that my brother gave me about a famous, what very highly publicized oh, breakdown she went through. Breakdown. Oh, fuck. You've kind of <clears throat> dug, yeah. I know. You'd have to go. Good thing, bad thing, good thing, yeah. bad thing. I, I just don't, I, I wonder if she'd have a sense of humour about it. I like to think she would. Oh, I think she would. Also, it's not an ironic thing. I love Britney Spears. Her music is iconic. And she's an amazing icon. Mm. I just think she's busy. I don't think she wants to be in this show. All she needs to do, though, is just literally the last episode... Just like in the credits, just walk on, and then walk the fuck off. Like no, we just want to yeah. see Britney Spears. I just want people to know that I knew Britney. Do some sightseeing in London. She could like make a trip of it. She's probably gonna be on tour soon, hun. <gasps> she better be. She You'll better be there. Be. Yeah, I'll be there. Wow. Maybe that's the only way we can get her on camera. Yeah. Right to can the Ellen show. Set a scene. Set that's a, a good idea. Or mm. set a scene at a Britney concert. That's a very <gasps> good idea. Oh my gosh, that can you imagine? You've That's got like a film crew, and do you think they'd let you in? Yeah, they'd let you in. No, we would never be allowed to in. But if like you were the production company, there's kind of... But a high vis on, they can't see you doing anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If you go anywhere with a ladder and high vis, you're in. Yeah. Genuinely, ladder. <laughs> I can imagine you and Ellen with <laughs> Holding a ladder. Like the fucking Chuckle Brothers, yeah. Can you imagine? Henry and I were carrying a very, very heavy box oh. the other day down the streets of York. I was in heels, and like massive, massive, like four times the size of that Portland Macy's box. And... um we were walking and these teenagers go, oh, to me, to you. And I was like, one of these dead guys. That <laughs> is so funny. Yeah. That's funny that those teenagers even knew who I they know, were. I was like, how old are you? Oh my like, God, what, what year were you born? Then? 2003? Yeah. Anyone born after 2000 is not allowed an opinion as far as I'm concerned. Except for about politics and the environment and actually everything. No, 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 they've got to speak up. Just not All the Chuckle Brothers. Yeah, just not the Chuckle <laughs> Brothers. Just not anything from, from the early 2000s. That's ours. Oh no, I guess it's theirs if they were born in it. It's Britney's. Pretty sure that's. <laughs> 
Hi there, Henry doing the editing here, future Henry. Um, this is the point in the interview where we went so far off topic that we've decided to actually remove it from the podcast episode because it's long enough. We had a weird chat about, um, more about the Chuckle Brothers really, um, very odd, um, but a lot of fun. Um, so I'll jump back in as we're sort of closing the episode, but um, thank you for sticking with it. I'll hand you back over to um, past Henry, Jesse and Charlie. So we've been talking for a very long time. I know. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sticking in there if you're still listening, hopefully. Um, but yeah, thank you, Charlie, so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening me ramble, listening yeah. me ramble. Thank you for the cup of teas and all that stuff. Yeah, you're lovely. welcome. Thanks for letting me eat your fingers <laughs> yeah. while I did it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, guys. So to find you guys on social media is at Britney Comedy. At Britney Comedy on Twitter and yeah, Britney Comedy on Instagram and I think if you just Google Britney Comedy as well, it's all there. And once you get through all the Britney Spears bits. There's yeah. a lot of Britney Spears annoyingly, <laughs> yeah. but when you get past all that dross, it's us. That's just a treat. Yeah. Like, type Britney in, why not? Perfect. But yeah, we would definitely recommend um, checking out your work and going back and watching Pure and because Ellen's in something as well. Agatha the Christie? Pale Horse is coming up on BBC One, I think in February, but wow. don't quote me on that. exciting. And, uh, and see also you can spot her in the Burger King adverts as well. You oh, must love that. Also, BB- she's going to be in a BBC Three show called In Under My Skin, uh, In the Skin, In My Skin, Skin. Right. <laughs> I'll choose the right <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, I, it's one of those. It's very good, it's well, wonderful. I think it's well, fuck, 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 fuck. It's great, she's good in it, probably. <laughs> And Snowflake is on at the kiln until the 25th of January. Amazing. Cool. Cool. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you so much to Charlie for all of your time and um, hospitality and laughter. And Ellen, we wish you the speediest recovery and hope everything's going well with uh, Snowflake at the kiln theatre. Yeah, hopefully you've got better by now. because otherwise it, it will have been a while. Um, we really hope you enjoyed that episode. We absolutely loved recording it. Um, um, and we would definitely recommend checking out all their work. It's absolutely incredible. It's hilarious. Even if you do get bullied as an audience member. <laughs> I speak from personal experience there. If you've enjoyed the episode, then please do like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends, family, your dog, a Snail whatever. mail, email. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'd absolutely love it if yeah. you did. And um, we'll see you soon. We'll see you next time, yeah. Bye. Bye.